Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show We got a lot to get into today Come on listen If there was ever a weekend that embodied the phrase Sometimes I be right This was it Right Two games One I was right One I was wrong Sometimes I be right (laughs) But you know I gotta talk about it Oh my god the only thing, the only thing that would make this, uh, that would make the Super Bowl more like fitting for this show, would literally be if uh, if the Chargers made it to the Super Bowl. Actually, you know what? Maybe if Detroit made it to the Super Bowl, <laughs> and it was actually Stafford versus Golf, that would probably, that would be like the most fitting, like all oh, great, you know. But look, man, we're gonna get into it because I gotta talk about it because I had a, uh, I had an epiphany this weekend. You know, the uh, the sports gods came down, had an intervention, and told me, hey, John, take a step back, right? I had to look myself in the mirror and be honest, all right? We're, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'll let you guys know what I figured out. But, you know, we got to intro this thing. Welcome back, Cyber Family. Thanks for joining me again. If this is your first time, Welcome. This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally! Listen, man, I'm excited. Uh, This is, first of all, this is going to be heavy football. A heavy NFL. Super Bowls in two weeks. Um, Thank God I only do a show once a week, right? I couldn't imagine trying to talk about this game every day. For two weeks. Nah, nah, I'm not doing that. But, you know, the games just happened. Uh, Super Bowl is set. Gotta talk about it. And I'm really excited because, look, I'm one of those guys that when I'm watching a game, especially a championship game, I have to have a rooting interest. Like, I can't just watch the game and be like, oh, I don't care who wins. If it's a championship game, I have to root for somebody. And uh, the last couple years, it was kind of hard trying to figure out who am I going to root for. So, like, last year, it was kind of like, all right, I kind of want, it would be cool to see Tom Brady win another one, right? That'd be kind of cool. I can root for that. I can get behind that. So, this year, uh, I'm really, really, I was really dreading the idea of uh, Kansas City versus the Rams. That was that would have really, man, that would have killed me. I, I probably, maybe not, I might not have watched it, <laughs> to be honest. I can't think of two more arrogant teams in the league. But we'll get into it. I'm gonna get ahead of myself. Listen, we gotta um, we gotta get into uh, quick hits. Quick hits, quick hitters. <laughs> so let me start with uh, Tom Brady's retiring. Look, first of all, that that whole thing was just awkward, right? I feel like what happened was for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure you do, but. You're listening to the show, so you probably want to hear what I think of it. When the initial report came out that he retired, I thought, like, man, that's... I was uh, I was kind of torn, because on one hand, I get it, right? On one hand, you're like, yo, you just had arguably your best season, right? Statistically. You clearly... He can clearly still play for at least two more years. You'd feel confident that he's still going to be pretty good and then after that it might drop off but like so the idea that he's walking away at a time where it's like oh no he he could still play 
right? And he knows he's still he's still top five, right, in the league, and he's calling it quits on his terms. It's not he's not being forced out because nobody really wants him anymore. He's he's deciding to walk away. But then on the other hand, it was kind of like man, he might have been able to make it to fifty. And uh, a part of me was like, man, you should just do it. Just try to get to fifty. <laughs> because the way the the way the league is set up now, like quarterbacks, you can't even touch the quarterback. So the idea of like he's not taking many big hits. The offensive line is pretty solid. If you have him when you're on your roster, obviously you're gonna invest heavily in the offensive line to protect him. Like go for fifty. I wanted to see. I wanted to see how far he was gonna try to push it. But what a career, man. Clap it up. Clap it up for that guy. You know, oddly enough, I was never a Tom Brady hater. Ever. Never in my life did I think, like, mm, he's not that good. I always kind of, like, was like, nah, I just, Tom Brady's just easy to root for. Just seemed like he was all business and, you know. Good for him, man. What a career. But when it was initially, like, oh, he retired and then his representatives came out and said, nah, he didn't make a decision. And he called the team and said, I haven't made a decision. Only to make the decision two days later. <laughs> That's, like, the ultimate, like, control freak move. I think he was just mad that he wasn't able to say it first, right? So it wasn't like, you didn't hear it from me. You got to hear it from me to be official. It's a little, you know, probably says a lot about, you know, how he ascended to that level that he was at to be the GOAT. Probably because of that level of control and attention to detail and very specific is probably what got him to that point. So congratulations to Brady. He is the GOAT. No questions asked. Uh, what he accomplished is it's never going to be done again. Seven chips? Seven? Yeah. Now listen, I get it. He's just a quarterback, right? Like he's not playing defense. He's not kicking the field goals. But as a fan, man, you knew if Brady's getting the ball back, a little bit of time on the clock, he's going to go down there and get them where they need to get to, and this, the job's going to get done. I said it. I said in that game, I actually texted my brother. I said, um, I'm convinced he sold his soul. <laughs> because in that game against the Rams where they're down 27-3 and all of a sudden like things just start going their way, I'm like, there's no way. Like I've never seen a player catch as many like how is this happening type of breaks as Brady has. And obviously I'm I'm joking when I say he sold his soul, but... That guy, as far as sports go, I maybe it is as simple as he worked incredibly hard. And so the sports gods were like, yo, we will give you a break. We'll give you a break now and then because you earn it every day. But congratulations to him, man. Right off into the sunset. Do whatever you want to do. Enjoy life. Enjoy your family. Thanks for the memories. Senior Bowl practice got underway today. Took a quick look at, uh, you know, uh, I'm a binger, right? I use, I'm not going to put on NFL Network and just kind of watch hours and hours of senior bowl coverage. Like, I'll go and I'll go online on YouTube and watch certain one-on-one drills with certain players and take a gauge and look, or take a look and gauge. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, so the senior bowl started. I'm really excited um, 
because there's two guys. There's Bailey Zappi, and then there's uh, God. Why can't I remember? I can never remember his name. The guy from um, from Nevada. I don't know that guy. Those are the, to me. Those are the two best quarterbacks in this draft. And look, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And I'm gonna say actually, um, when we get into the uh, when we talk about the Rams in the 49ers game, I'm gonna bring it back. But in that game, you got a good glimpse at what this quarterback class might look like when they get to the pros. Um. But anyway, so senior bowl practices start. Everything's underway. It's to, uh, for me, this is like the official start of like the NFL offseason. Because you just you start getting into the senior bowl, and then you got the combine, and then you got, you know, all that stuff. And this is when it starts to ramp up, and this is when I get excited. This is this is my jam. I I love the I love the NFL offseason so much because the idea of building a roster, the idea of evaluating what you have, figuring out what you need, and bringing in those guys, man, that is that's exciting. That's exciting. I would love to be an NFL GM. I think I'd be good. I think I'd be a good GM. Why? Look, with all the NFL coaching hires that that are happening now, and the biggest one for me is Josh McDaniels going to. Uh, to Las Vegas to coach the Raiders. And the problem with that is they went and they got their GM. He was in the Patriots uh, organization. So they brought him over with McDaniels. And the we need the league needs to stop. Okay? It's about time we had new ideas. I'm sick and tired of every year coaches just flip-flopping. All that ever is is, hey... Who was like top five in defense this year? Okay, their defensive coordinator, he's a head coaching candidate now. So he's going to get all the interviews. That was Dan Quinn. Surprisingly good defense in Dallas. He did a really good job. So he was all of a sudden a hot name. Kellen Moore, like offensive coordinator. Cowboys offense put up big numbers this year. He's a hot commodity now. It's like, can we stop that? Can we just get rid of all of the conventions of, hey, get me the offensive coordinator. He's going to be my, that's the next, like, no, we need new ideas. We need fresh blood. I'm tired of it. Like, yo, Josh McDaniels failed miserably in Denver. Failed. Did an awful job. Terrible. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like people hated him. Like, some of the players just flat out hated playing for him. But the league keeps saying, oh, who? what organization is successful? What head coach is successful? Okay, we're going to go take his assistance. It never works out. All of the Patriots assistants go into a new team and they, and they get promoted and they're the new head coach and the team's all excited. And, oh, he's from the Belichick tree. And then it never works out. Do you want to know why? Because your expectations are ridiculous. If you're telling me that Bill Belichick is the best coach and the greatest coach of all time, then perhaps, just maybe, 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 okay, the success of the team is really based around him and his program and the way he does things and the way he sees things and what he can command in a locker room. Because no offense, Josh McDaniel, you might be the greatest guy. You can't walk into any NFL locker room and immediately people say, 
bow down to you, kiss the rings. Belichick is a GOAT. He can go anywhere. People are going to be like, yo, whatever you want, we got it. Whatever the program is, we follow in suit. We're going to do whatever. This is your pro- this is your team, it's your program, we got you, coach. Stop hiring these guys because of who they were associated with. Stop hiring the same guys. Just go grab a random guy. I'm waiting for the time. I'm waiting for the day that someone goes and grabs that uh, head coach from a uh, Division One AA team and ma- promotes them all the way up from one AA. You now an NFL head coach. Just see what happens. Like I like I like that the Raiders hired Mike Mayock from NFL Network to be their GM. That was interesting to me. I like that. You know what I mean? It was like it was a little different. It wasn't, you know. It's not far removed from the boys club, but it was like thinking outside the box. Like maybe this guy can bring an interesting perspective. He can add a little something different, a little extra. You know what I mean? Someone who's been right on the outside of everything. I'm just sick of it, man. I don't even. Gosh. (laughs) It's like it's just the same thing every year. You keep recycling the same coaches. Hey, guess what? He got fired. Look, say what you want. Dan Quinn got fired from Atlanta. Okay, they fired him. They said, get out of here. Now, Bill Belichick can have 10 straight losing seasons. And I promise you, Robert Kraft's not firing Belichick. He's going to let him get through it and say, you can rebuild. This is fine. You got to stop. You know what I'm saying? We got to stop. You're taking a coach that just got fired. And because he went to a team and did a good job as a coordinator, you're going to bring him back and make him your head coach. And guess what? In two years, when you don't get the results you want, which I don't even know what expectations are anymore, it's, eh, get out of here. You're done. That's what I think of that. <laughs> so for me, it's just, it's stupid. It's stupid. That's just my take. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm over-exaggerating it, but... I'm just tired of hearing the same name, seeing the same name, seeing the same patterns. Go get the the offensive coordinator who had a really good offense. Like the Giants hired the Bills offensive coordinator. Like, not saying he's gonna be bad. Not saying he's a bad coach at all. I don't know. Nobody knows. He might be to go in there and all of a sudden, like, just be where he's destined to be and do these great things. And that's fine. I'm not saying these guys can't work. I'm not saying Josh McDaniels isn't gonna work. I'm just saying. It just always feels like that you you can already tell. Like I can tell you next year who the hot head coaching prospects are going to be. About midway through the season, I can tell you this guy, this guy, and this guy. Those are going to be the names, and then that's it. Because it just follows a pattern, and we need to get out of that. The NFL needs to start thinking outside of the box. Owners need to start thinking outside of the box. Try something different, man. Have a little patience, too. Because if you're trying something different, you got to be a little patient. But, hey, man, play the long game. But I guess that's easy for me to say because, you know, I'm 34 years old and, you know, I'm not a billionaire. I guess as a billionaire, if, you, if you're Jerry Jones and you're on the team and you're old as dirt, like, you ain't got much time left. <laughs> Can't be that patient. That's why they need to go out there and, and do whatever you got to do to get Sean Payton. Because if nothing else, it's going to make you feel like you have a better chance. You're going you're gonna to feel like we got it right. The players are going to look at it like, all right, we get it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent again. Rantman is back. But speaking of the NFL, the, uh, the lowly Pro Bowl is uh, this upcoming weekend. Predictions. 
Uh, AFC wins the Pro Bowl. (laughs) I guess. Who cares, right? So I was thinking about it, right? Why do we do? Why do they do it? Why do they play the game? And why do we watch it as fans? It's pointless. The Pro Bowl is bad because you can't ask these guys to go out there and play all out. And football is one of those sports to where if you don't play all out, like, it just, it's not, there's nothing entertaining. It's bad. Like, at least in the NBA, you could be like, oh, they don't play hard. But, like, then you're just getting 360 dunks and alley-oops. You got guys taking threes from half court. Like, you can still be entertaining and do trick stuff, right? In football, like, what are you going to do? Like, the defenders, the defensive line is not going to rush in hard because nobody wants to get hurt. The season's over. We're going into the offseason. I'm beat up from the season. I don't even want to be here. Like, this is stupid. So I have an idea. Instead of playing a game, it should just be, if you're going to do a game, it should be flag football. You take, um, you make it flag football. That's it. So the defenders can rush, but everybody's standing up. You know, you do the same thing. You count Mississippis and then you blitz whatever. However you do it in like intramural in college, that's what you do. You make it flag football. That'd be entertaining for fans, right? Then it's fun. And then you got these guys' competitive spirit. They could play hard, but you're not hitting each other. You know, obviously you can have non-contact injuries, but that can happen anyway. You know what I mean? You're not increasing the chances of that happening as opposed to wearing pads and pretending to play football. At least you're playing flag football. It could be fun. And they should have a skills competition. And not only skills competition, they should bring fans in. Right? They should have, like, contests each year or, like, raffles or giveaway or auctions for, like, charity or whatever they want to do, however they want to do it, and just be like, you and your buddies compete. Right, so like whoever the winner is, whoever donates most, he can get a group of his friends together and they compete in a skills competition with NFL players. So, for example, who's the quarterback with the strongest arm? All right, uh, catching competition. Who can catch passes from NFL quarterbacks? I don't know. I'm thinking outside the box, y'all. <laughs> I'm just throwing ideas out there. I'm throwing it up in the wind. I'm throwing it. Up. Listen, this is this is a spaghetti. I'm taking the spaghetti out the pot and I'm throwing it at the fridge and seeing what's going to stick. Seeing if it's ready. Some of these ideas are stupid. I get it. The flag football idea is genius, though. Say what you want about the skills competition. Yeah, that sounds stupid. I I, am, I regret saying that. I probably should have edited it out. <laughs> but sometimes I need you guys to know that sometimes I'd be right. And then other, like, you can't be this genius without having bad ideas, too. Okay. I'm pretty sure Elon Musk's first mock-ups of the Tesla were kind of trash and stupid. He probably thought they'd be flying by now. Stupid ideas lead to genius results. Right? Put that on my tombstone. So speaking of um, all-star games or uh, like fantasy-type events that nobody cares about, the Dunk Contest uh, released their lineup or their anticipated participants, uh, that being Obi Toppin, Jalen Green, Cole Anthony, and uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson. Yeah, I'm saying it like I've never heard that before or seen that before because I haven't. I told you I haven't been paying as close attention 
to NBA this year. I've caught a couple games here and there, but because of the show, because of what season it is, because of everything going on, I've been real football heavy. Um, but now the football's over, trust me. Basketball's about to ramp up. For me, at least, as far as a fan. After All-Star break is when I really get into it. And then you got baseball coming up, too. By the way, uh, I root for the Padres. So if baseball gets their act together and doesn't lock out, uh, I'll be talking about that on the show, too. Unless people stop listening and then I'll just stop talking about it. (laughs) Anyway, I keep getting distracted, man. Look, I be doing these shows too late and I be getting distracted. I I be turning into rant, man. My apologies. Um, anyway, so the one thing you'll notice about this list, or at least I noticed about this list, is we should we should be done with the dunk contest. Dunk contest needs to go away. Not permanently, not forever, but they need to give it a hiatus. Because if you look at this list of names, there's not a single person in there that's like a star. That's like a marquee NBA player that you can take a casual fan, a, a woman who is Sitting on the on the couch with her man, just scrolling Instagram on her phone and TikTok and Pinterest, and then he's got the All Star Saturday on, and she's heard of Steph Curry, and now he's in the dunk contest. So now she'll look up every once in a while. She might be interested because at least she's heard these names before. She ain't never heard of Obi Toppin. I like Obi Toppin. Right? I said um, Obi Toppin looks like a guy who's way better than he realizes he is. And the minute he realizes how good he actually is, out of here. Sky's the limit. I love Cole Anthony. I'm one of the few people on the planet that likes Cole Anthony better than LaMelo Ball. I promise you nobody else feels that way. I just, I think I like him better. I like Anthony Edwards. I think he's way better than LaMelo Ball, too. But that's that's getting in the hate land, and I'm trying not to hate this early. This is quick hits. I don't need to get in the hate yet. But I love Cole Anthony. One of them on the Knicks. I think he's got a perfect blend of skill. Um, he's got a good level of arrogance and confidence in his game, and he's also real like competitive and gritty and fiery and would have been perfect for the Knicks. But, of course, you know, can't work out that way. But anyway... They need to get rid of the dunk contest. Because even when you watch NBA, unless you're dunking on someone, three-pointers and shooting now is much more exciting. Like just the other night, you know, Steph Curry was in a duel and it was being physical with him. And Porter Jr. was trying to staring him down. And what did Curry turn around and do? Started shooting threes. That's like the now, like, oh, what a diddy bop, boop, 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 step back three. In your face, splash. <laughs> That's what they do now. There's no more take it to the hole and flex like you're too little. Now it's like, oh, I'm going to just shoot. Made these threes on you. So what I propose, again, I got ideas. Get rid of the dunk contest uh, for at least a couple years. Have a demand for it. See if people start asking for it back. And what you do instead is you you have just more shooting competitions. Because the three-point contest is 100% undeniably far more entertaining than the dunk contest. The three-point shootout is like a legit, exciting, entertaining event. The skills competition is slightly entertaining, but way more than a dunk contest. And the dunk contest is apparently the marquee event, and it's always a snooze fest. It's bad. Even when it's good, 
it's still like nah, this is still kind of lame, but it's just better than it like what it was before. It's like oh, the dunk contest is back. Like no, it's just not awful. <laughs> but like they keep tweaking the format. Just get rid of it. Just say we're no longer doing a dunk contest. We're replacing it with with uh, shootouts with with shooting competitions. Have markers on the floor, right? Have uh, people compete for who's got the best range, who's got uh, trick shots or whatever it might be. Like, do something like that because that's going to be exciting and fun and different. And if nothing else, it'll get people want wanting the dunk contest again. And then they'll start to be that speculation of what players are going to be the first ones to come back. So maybe you give it two, three, four years of just no dunk contest to to get people like kind of wanting it back again, which might get the younger generation of players to be excited about the possibility of doing that. And then you might have in five years the return of the dunk contest and you got whoever it is in the league at that time, the big stars, they decide to come out and participate in that because it's now back to being an exciting event that people are anticipating. This list, very uninspiring. Hey, guys, it's not your fault. No knock on any one of these players, but no marquee names in there. And that's that's what, if that's going to be your main event of the night, you got to give me better than that. Got to give me better than that. Anyway, so 25 minutes of quick hits. Jeez, that's not quick at all. <laughs> but now let's get into um, let's get into the games this weekend. right? Let's recap the game. So, um. Obviously, I got, you know, the intervention happened uh, during and after the Rams 49ers game. So I'm going to have to go a little deeper with that one. So we'll start with Bengals and Chiefs. Okay, my my immediate takeaway last week, I said uh, I said on the show that sometimes it's just somebody's year. And they just got that juice and that magic, and it doesn't make sense, but it's just their year. And I felt like the Bengals have it. And watching that game, at no point in that game did I feel like, yeah, the Bengals lost it. I kept saying, you can ask my wife, I kept saying, it's just their year. I just believe it. Even when they were down. How does Kansas City not score a touchdown to end the first half? How did they not get in the end zone? How did they decide not to kick the field goal and try to go for the touchdown and then not make it? They were rolling. They were three three drives, three touchdowns, couldn't be stopped, and all of a sudden you get stopped that close? Come on, man. Patrick Mahomes, like, completely, completely fell apart in the second half. So I have an expression when I'm watching the games. Um, when games start getting close, I <laughs> this is where I always turn to my wife and I say, "Buttholes getting tight." <laughs> As that pre- that means that pressure is getting to you and you getting nervous and that butthole's getting tight. And so I kept saying it about Mahomes, and you can't if you watch that game, you cannot tell me that you couldn't see it in Mahomes' face. And his body language and the way he was throwing, he was terrified. I don't know why. I don't know how. But he was scared. And he folded. 
He choked. Going into uh, the overtime, when uh, um, when the Bengals were driving up the field to try to tie it, to send it in overtime, and they showed Mahomes on the sideline. He's got the coat over his shoulders, and he's got that look on his face like, yeah, we ready. We ready. Uh-huh. My wife said, oh, look, he looks so mad. He looks so mean. And I said, no. He's trying to psych himself up. He's trying to tell himself, I love this. These are the moments I live for. I want to be in a situation where I got to go win the game. But in reality, that day, he ain't want no parts. He couldn't convince himself. He couldn't believe it. And I think that has to go. Credit for that has to go to good old Joey B. (laughs) Top five quarterback in the league. And he might be number one. I'm exaggerating. Um, Justin Herbert is still number one. I think if the Chargers had been in the playoffs, I think, you know, they'd be praising him the same. But but Joe Burrow is the complete opposite of that. The entire game. Watch Joe Burrow. Listen, I've been saying it. Anyone who knows me personally, because that's what matters to me. Like, if, if I don't know you, if you have, if you didn't know I existed three years ago, then you wouldn't know any of this. And that's fine. So you might think I'm jumping on a bandwagon now. But anyone who knows me knows I've been talking about Joe Burrow for years. Right? When he transferred away from Ohio State, that met, that that hurt me. I was like happy for him because I wanted him to get a chance to play, but I was also a little sad because I wanted him to play at Ohio State. So I've been on it for a while, and it all came down to little things. I you have to remember when it comes to me, if I like a player or I say a player is really good, it's not always just about talent or what they do physically. A lot of times for me, it's just about little things that you notice about somebody, like ways that they carry themselves. How do they handle pressure? How do they deal with these moments? How do they deal with like, you know what I mean? And and so much in Joe Burrow, you can watch Joe Burrow, go back to college. Joe Burrow never looks like he's bothered by anything. Go back to the Tennessee game and watch how many times he got sacked and watch how he gets up. He just got up off the field and flipped the ball back to the ref and then adjusted his face mask, got back in the huddle, called the next play. Never seemed like he was mad that the pressure got there. Never seemed like he was hurt, he was flustered. Never seemed like never seemed rushed. Every time he dropped back, was never sped up the process. He still stuck to this is what I do, calm as can be. And that matters. For your quarterback to have that demeanor changes the whole franchise. The whole the entire team believes we can do this. The defense feels like, yo, we got to just get a stop. And I know, and, and Burroughs got us. That off the offense got us. Right? And so you saw that play out because Joe Burrow made a unbelievably dumb decision. I don't even know what he was trying to do when he, like, just threw the ball, threw an interception. It was bad. It was bad. Like,. <laughs> It was a late throw. He lollipopped it. It was all bad, but it got intercepted. And the defense ran out there, and I said, because, listen, I'm a talker. When I'm watching the games, I'm talking out loud. Who am I talking to? I don't know. That's why I like watching the games with my wife, because she don't really know what's going on, and she don't really care. So I can say whatever I want, and to her, I sound like a genius. (laughs) If I'm hanging out with, you know, my friends that know football, I'm going to sound like an idiot. But with my wife, she's like, I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I don't really know who that guy is, but if you say his butthole's getting tight, it must be, I don't know. So I said, when he threw that interception, I said, defense, you got you to gotta give me one. 
I said, you got to go. You got to go back up your guy. Your guy just made a mistake. He's been bailing you out a lot this season. You got to bail him out on this one. And they did. Forced a punt. That was huge. Look, first drive of the game. It was like fourth and one. They spotted the ball and Andy Reid challenged it. First drive of the game. You're challenging the spot so you can get a first down. You know what that said to me? Right in that moment, that said, oh, they're worried about Burrow and that offense. They're feeling like we can't, we have to maximize every drive. Because if we give them an inch, it's over for us. That showed a lot of respect and a lot of fear for Joe Burrow. So again, Joe Burrow is top five in the NFL. Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. I know Mahomes has a Super Bowl. Mahomes has been doing it longer. Yeah, but Mahomes is inconsistent. Mahomes has too many moments where he tries to do too much. He's got that athletic arrogance where you just feel like I'm a god. I could do whatever I want. And he gets praised for it. No look passes. Why are you throwing no look passes, dummy? Like, the first time you did it, that was cool. It was in the heat of the moment. You were trying to make a play, and you did it. Now it's clear that you try to do it. Like, oh, I practiced that. For what? Look where you're throwing it, dummy. (laughs) What are you talking about? Throwing sidearm. Throwing on this angle, that angle. Like, if if you... If that's part of the play if you're running for your life and you're trying to make a play by all means do whatever you got to do there's too many moments where he's trying to make spectacular plays nah that's not it and that team is stacked look casey is stacked so he benefits he benefits a lot from the roster around him he gets away with a lot of mistakes he gets bailed out a lot because he's got good weapons. And look, don't get me wrong, Mahomes is good. He's a good player. Great physical tools. But something's not right upstairs, man. He'd be having moments. And Sunday was one of those moments where he looked shook. He was sailing the ball on screen passes. He was off the whole second half. He just didn't have it, man. Just one of those days. And he looked like he knew he didn't have it and didn't know what to do. And I think that arrogance and that feeling of we are great, we're Kansas City, we're going to the Super Bowl, we got it, all that dancing and flexing and all that stuff, throwing up the peace signs, it caught up to him. Because in a moment where you needed to make a play to put that team away, you didn't get it. And so Cincinnati went into the locker room feeling like, yo, we down 11. We, we couldn't stop them at all, and we down 11. If we go out here and score, they're going to get tight. They're going to get nervous. Now the pressure's on them. we still playing with house money. And they just believe it. Joe Burrow believes that he's going to win the game. And the rest of the team believes it. Like, they just believe it. It's not like a thought. They believe it. You can see it. They believe it. They're making plays. The defense is good enough. And the offense is good enough. And they're relentless. And they're never worried. They never look scared. They never look overwhelmed. And they never look panicked. Even the defense couldn't make a stop. And at no point did it look like the defense was panicked. They just stuck with it. Said, yo, let's just stick with it. It's going to work. 
Just got to stick with it. Stay on your P's and Q's. Joe Burrow made a play where he scrambled out to get a first down where he reached the ball out. And the entire time he was scrambling, never he never looked hurried. It looked like he was relaxed. It looked like he was, oh, here they come. Let me duck this one and turn this way. And he's going for my feet. Let me do a little skip, get over that, and then get to the sideline. He's just so relaxed and just playing ball. That's crazy. I'm telling you, those are the things that I look at. Those are the things that I notice about a player, about a quarterback, especially his demeanor. See, when I look at Dak, I see what Mahomes had. I see that look of trying to psych yourself up, trying to convince yourself that you could do this. I see that you kind of shook. I see that you trying to make a play. I don't need that. I need that Romo. Romo was a guy like that who just felt like I'm just going to go play. It might not work, but I believe I could do it. And he was going for it. And at least as a fan, you could feel like your guy's going for it. Mahomes didn't go for it. You know what I'm saying? He choked. He choked. But but credit to Burrow. I mean, yo, Burrow went down to the bayou. Man, and something happened. He he might have got involved in some stuff and, you know, maybe made some some deals with the sports gods to get this. But look, it's their year. They're gonna win the Super Bowl. Bengals are winning the Super Bowl. And early prediction, because we're not going to have predictions this week because the game's not till two weeks. But I'll tell you right now what I think. I'm going to tell you right now. The conversation for the next two weeks is going to focus probably the majority of it is going to focus around the Rams. And it's going to focus around, you know, uh, Beckham being in the, um, in the Super Bowl and Matthew Stafford finally getting there after all these years. That's going to be the storyline. And you know what the game's going to be like? I think the game is going to be just like the national championship when LSU beat Clemson. Clemson came in there with the number one draft pick and Trevor Lawrence. They just beat Ohio State. No, this team is great and this and that. This game is going to be real competitive, and it wasn't. I think Cincinnati beats the Rams easily. I think the game's over midway through the second quarter. I think you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is over. I think it's going to be reminiscent of that uh, Broncos-Seahawks Super Bowl where it was just not even close at any point. I think it's going to be just like that. Because you're playing in L.A., which means the weather's nice. It's an indoor stadium. And and Cincinnati's offense, they're going to go deep. They're going bombs away. And once they start bombing away... Good luck. Good luck. And their defense is relentless enough to where it's like, I think they'll make a stop or two. And if you if you make a team one-dimensional, it makes it easier no matter who they have, right? So in, in the 2007 Super Bowl, the Giants made the Patriots one-dimensional. So you're not going to run the ball. So you're going to pass it all the time now. So even though you have Randy Moss, if we know you're passing it, we can set coverages to kind of minimize that. So Cooper Cup, congratulations. If they stop the run and force you to pass it, or if they get up on you two scores and force you to have to get away from the run and be methodical because you got to try to make up some ground, they get you in that position, there's going to be some turnovers. Stafford's going to turn the ball over a couple times, and Burrow's going to win, and it's going to be one of those, this doesn't make any sense. How? It's just their year. 
That Giants team is a team that you watched when they beat the Cowboys, when they beat the Buccaneers. It was like, ah, it's just the Buccaneers are terrible. Then they went to Dallas and beat Dallas, the number one seed. And you're like, nah, but it was a close game. And then Dallas just choked and people blamed Tony Romo. Then they went to um to, to the Green Bay and they beat Brett Favre and the Packers in the freezing cold when they had no business winning that game. And you said, they're not going to win. And they won that game. And you're like, yo, no way. Then they're going up against the 18-0 Patriots, and you're like, nah, nah, the Patriots are just way better. They're just better than everybody. They're going to go undefeated, set records. This is amazing. This is history. Get ready for it. And then they came in and just won, and it was like, it doesn't make sense. It's just their year. 2011 when they won. It was the same thing. Like, they're just winning these games, and you're like, how, man? It doesn't, what? No. When they went to San Francisco, and, like, their, their punk returner, Drop the snap, and it's like sometimes it's, that team just has the sauce. The Eagles, same way. Eagles just had the sauce. You saw it. You you, you watched it, and you said, ah, this team just has the mojo. And it doesn't matter what else happens. And when you look at uh, when you look at the Rams, the Rams don't look like they have mojo. They look like they went against Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what it looks like. Looks like Matthew Stafford threw a punt in the air and the defender dropped it. It looks like they kind of took advantage of another team kind of falling apart, but they don't look like they got like secret sauce and some mojo and like we can't explain it. They're just, I don't get it. So I think, I think the Bengals win and win convincingly and win easy. And I think, uh, it's a new day, man. It's a new day. Tom Brady's retiring, and I, I, I think Joe Burrow's going to step into that slot of being the guy that you just believe can get it done in the clutch. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to win multiple championships because I don't know. I think they're, I, I, they're winning this one. It's not. I don't think. I know. They're winning this, this Super Bowl. It just is what it is. Now, on the other side, oddly enough, on the other side, Man, I I said that I had to have an intervention, right? So, all right, so let me let me let me get to these little details before we get into that. So, if you watched that game and you saw Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, that to me is a little preview of what you could look forward to in this year's quarterback draft class. Hey, you want to draft Kenny Pickett in the first round? There you go. He might be as good as Garoppolo. Draft any one of these guys. They might be as good as Garoppolo, but it's a weak class. And if you want to go out there and take the gamble and take the risk and go after that guy, then go ahead. But, eh, you know, might not be the smartest move. Jimmy G, I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him in a way because he's a good dude. And you could tell his teammates love him and they like playing with him. But he just, he's just lacking that little, that little extra ability. He just don't have it. It just doesn't exist. It's not there for him. It's not his fault. But you can see that he wants to do it and he tries, but it's not in the cards for him. Look, he made a lot of money. He's definitely going to go and be somebody's backup. Somebody's going to pay him to start just because... We're going to draft a rookie, come on in here and start while the rookie sits back and kind of learns. Like, it's not a bad idea. If I'm the Giants, I might consider it for the right price. I might let him be my backup. Matter of fact, the Cowboys. I would be okay with him being a backup for the Cowboys. If you got to come in for two or three games, like, whatever. I trust you to get that done. 
You could win some games. Just if it's got to all be on you. Ooh, no thanks. Um, But Stafford, is coming out of that game, Stafford has to be the story. Because it's the more interesting. They, they gave up. Man, they, they traded away everything for this year. They don't have a first-round pick for the next two years. They they put so much money. They put so much uh, draft capital. They put everything into this year. They have to win a Super Bowl. If they don't win a Super Bowl, it's a failure. And oddly enough, wouldn't you know, that was my point in week one, which was you traded away two number one draft picks to get a guy where the expectation is if we don't win the Super Bowl, then it was a bad trade. But I will say, I like Matthew Stafford. And if not for the way he was traded, and not only the way he was traded, but the way people reacted to golf after the trade as if he was trash, that offended me. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why I took a liking to Jared Goff and felt like oh, I, got, I support this guy, I like this guy. Like He doesn't deserve that trashing that they gave him. But I will say, full transparency, when I was watching that game, I found myself rooting against Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Partly because I picked the 49ers to win and I wanted to be able to say that I was right. <laughs> the other part of it was feeling like, man, I... I Stafford has to fail, right? Like, he has to mess up so that I could go on and be like, this is what I was talking about, see what I told you? But it it was going against what I really thought because I, I like Stafford. I have no problem with Matthew Stafford. I, li- I like genuinely like Matthew Stafford. You see him in interviews. You see his wife jumping up and down and happy for him, and you feel good for him. Like, man, I can't imagine what that must feel like coming from Detroit all that failure, all that misery, and then you come here and you play, and now you're in the Super Bowl. That's got to be an amazing feeling this deep into your career. Good for him, man. I'm happy for him. But at the same time, I had to root against him. And so what I did is, look, I don't don't consider myself a hater, but I did the most hater thing you could do. After the game, um, they started talking about, this is why you got Matt Stafford for the plays like this. This is what Jared Goff couldn't do. And I said, yo, Jared Goff got to a Super Bowl as well. With arguably lesser of a team. It's debatable, right? That, they weren't, that was before they decided to mortgage the future for we just need to win right now, so we're going to do whatever it takes. They, this was still like we drafted these guys. We got a good team, a really good team, but we didn't just go all balls to the wall to get whoever we need to get to win a chain. We didn't sell out for it, right? But that's besides the point. So I said, man, but he got to a Super Bowl. Matt Stafford wasn't the difference in that game. It's not like no other quarterback playing for this Rams team couldn't have got to the Super Bowl. Half the league playing for that Rams team would have got to the Super Bowl. In fact, Jimmy Garoppolo possibly, if you swap teams, probably wins that game too. But that's a little bit of hate. But I just don't like how sportscasters and the sports media boil everything down to a really simplified, he's the quarterback, he's the reason for success or failure. It's not that simple. Have a little more nuance. Give a little more credit to the fact that the defense made some big-time plays. Put a little more credit on the fact that Cooper Cup is like top three in the NFL as far as receivers go and is having an amazing year. 
How about the fact that you have Odell Beckham opposite of Cooper Cup? Like, that's a pretty good thing. And, like, come on. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not going to get too deep into it because I don't want to be a hater. But what I did that was so hate-filled was I went back and I said, I bet you, I bet you if you look up Jared Goff's playoff numbers from when he went to the Super Bowl, probably the same as Stafford. So I went, I grabbed my notebook, I pulled it up on my phone, I was going to write it down, I was going to have the comparison. Right away, first game, I said, oh. (laughs) It all hit me like a ton of bricks. I was wrong. This entire time... I've been absolutely wrong about is trading Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff a net zero. I was wrong. Matthew Stafford is better than Jared Goff. And more important than anything else, if you don't believe you can win with a guy, it's over. It doesn't matter how good I think Jared Goff is or how good he actually is. If the coach didn't believe he could win with him, if the team didn't believe that they were going to win with him, then it was over. And they brought in Stafford, and to Stafford's credit, Sean McVay believed in him the entire time. Like, this guy is going to get us over the hump. And the rest of the team immediately embraced him and said, he's going to get us over the hump. Look, I was wrong. It's for me it's it's not so much about golf anymore because I'm not saying golf I still think golf would have had a really good year with this Rams roster. I think he would have. I think he in that game yesterday, I think golf wins the game as well. I do. I don't think that Stafford's so special that Jared Goff with that roster in that situation in those circumstances wouldn't have delivered as well. I think he would have. But what can't be denied is is man uh Jared Goff wasn't great in the playoffs. Kind of stunk up the joint. If you just look at the raw numbers, it looks as if they won in spite of him. It looks like he was the thing holding them back. So I apologize. I apologize to you the fans who had to listen to me talk about this all year. Uh hear me rant about how good Jared Goff is. Jared Goff is still good. I still think he is. If uh, when I do my QB list, and I will after the season, I'm gonna do my QB list. Jared Goff's probably finishing in the top ten. I'm completely joking. <laughs> He'll probably finish somewhere around twenty. <laughs> nah, probably I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I still think he's good. But I owe Matthew Stafford an apology. Because I was doing the same thing that I hate when I watch, where you boil everything down to a simplistic idea. Jared Goff made it to a Super Bowl, therefore, Matt Stafford has to do more than that. Because if Jared Goff could do it, and you do it, then it ends up being... No, 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 no. Jared Goff didn't carry them to a Super Bowl. And Matthew Stafford hasn't carried them either. The two number one picks is what the problem is. Because if you don't win a Super Bowl, you're, this roster is coming back next year. This is what you got. This is it. You ain't got no more money. You ain't got no no number one pick. If you win the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter because you're picking 32 and, and it, whatever. That's a second round pick. So you can give that up. Who cares? But the point is, I, I just, it hit me. It was like a real epiphany moment where it was like, oh. Oh, I wasn't thinking nuance at all. I wasn't thinking about, well, what does the locker room feel about Jared Goff? 
what is the co- if the coach really doesn't believe in the guy, like then it can't work. If the relationship is just strained, it doesn't matter how good the player is, right? Like there's just it's it is what it is. Those are things that matter. The chemistry matters. The swag matters. The energy you bring matters, and Stafford is bringing that energy in a way that Jared Goff didn't. Probably was. He's just not that type of guy. You know what I mean? And I think that makes a difference, and I think that matters, and I think that's something that I greatly undersold. So congratulations to the Rams. Congratulations to Stafford. In a different world, I'd be rooting for Stafford. I can honestly say, I can honestly say that uh, if Stafford wins, if the Rams win and Stafford finally gets chip, um, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um. But only if he cries. <laughs> He's got to cry. Right? He's, I need to see tears. I need that. And But sorry to tell you, uh, it's Joe Burrows to lose. It's the Bengals championship to lose. I think they just have such a matter-of-fact attitude. I think they just buy into their quarterback and their leader. And I think his whole demeanor is, mm, I got this, don't worry. I got it, don't worry about it. And the Rams, like, they've had moments where it's like, they're not invincible. You know what I mean? Like, you got to, it's, listen, it's, I, I, you know, I said it to my wife. I said it doesn't matter. I said the Rams or the 49ers aren't better than Kansas City. So I said if if the Bengals win this game, they've, they're going to go against a team who's not as good as this. This is going to be a more difficult game for them. They're going against a lesser opponent. Now, I know the stage is bigger and it means so much, but, like, honestly, like, I don't. Once the game starts, I think you forget all that. And that rears its ugly head again when you get in a tight moment, and that's what happened to Mahomes. To start that game, you might have been nervous. Once the game starts, you get in your rhythm. You don't don't even recognize that. But then as you start winding down, the game starts getting close. You realize, oh, crap. This is important. And then buttholes get tight. Seen that happen. Watched it happen. It's happened to me. I don't even play like real sport. I'm talking about wreck. <laughs> I'm talking about 21 at the park. When you're the guy with 19 and, and you need just one more bucket, but you ain't got no handle. <laughs> you ain't got no handle, so I can't get by somebody. And I got 19, so now they're playing aggressive D. So now I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm trying to just like get a rebound and sprint out to the three and turn around and jack it up and hopefully get it in and then you don't and then you got the other guy on the court who's really good but was just kind of taking it easy he was at nine now all of a sudden you look up and he's got 17 and you're like oh my god i'm gonna lose i'm gonna be i'm gonna have 19 this guy has had seven and he gonna come back and win i couldn't get one basket that's the worst man that's the worst i hate y'all let me just say if you ever play basketball with me and you know i ain't got no handle and i was up in 21 and you decided to play extra hard defense on me i Shame on you. You could have let me got. You could have let me get one. Okay? Could have let me get one. Anyway, I, I don't even I don't think I have anything else for this week, y'all. Um it's uh you know. I man, what are we gonna talk about? Oh, next week we gotta talk about the game. Watch out for storyline. Listen, storylines in this are gonna be very important. Okay? Whatever whatever storylines they run with with the Super Bowl, I think, I think. If I listen, I've been watching sports my entire life. 
right? I've been watching ESPN since I've had cable. I didn't have cable when I was little. So probably since about seventh grade, I've been watching ESPN, right? If I know what they're going to do, they're going to, the biggest storyline and the biggest headline is going to be about Stafford. It's going to be about all the things that the Rams gave up and blah, 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 all that for Stafford. That's going to be the dominating headline. And they're going to touch on the Bengals a little bit, but I think the sports world will say there's time for Burrow to get another one. We're not, we, we don't, we're rooting for Stafford and this team because they're older players. They got some veterans on there that, that, could get a chip and walk away like we're rooting for that this is their time the Bengals can come back another time their window is still wide open well i say it's not gonna happen joe burrow is that guy joe burrow is a cold-blooded white boy (laughs) i'm telling you you got listen you gotta watch out for the white boys with swag man the dudes that come off a little nerdy but they got a little swag I'm telling you, those be the ones. Those be the dangerous ones. Those be the ones that go to the court, and he'll probably go play basketball and shut it down too. He just got that thing about him. He got that like, go do yourself a favor and go on YouTube and just look up Joe Burrow at Ohio State. Like the little drills they would do. He's, he's so competitive. They love him. Like he's he's fiery. He's confident. And he's skilled. Like he's he's it, man. He's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, I think I think next year my one, two, three, oof, Aaron Rodgers take, dips out of that, right? The quarterback ring, Aaron Rodgers got to take a dip. How many times do we need to see you come into the playoffs with that? Well, I don't really care. Look on your face. Like, you know, we talk, they talked a lot about Jay Cutler and how his demeanor was so terrible. But Aaron Rodgers does the same thing. Aaron Rodgers looks like he doesn't want to be there the entire game. And if things aren't going well, oh, forget about it. You can make a whole, somebody do that. Somebody make a YouTube montage of uh, Aaron Rodgers' faces and facial expressions when they're losing games or when the games are close. He's got to drop. How many times do we need to see it? I'm done. I don't need to see it anymore to just keep you at number one or two just because. You don't, you can't deliver. You don't deliver. More often than not, you don't deliver. So you drop down. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be like 10 or 11. Now, he's probably going to be four. Four. It's Justin Herbert's definitely number one. And I want to put Joe Burrow number two, but that might just be my own fandom. I don't know if he's legitimately the second best because I know there's probably four quarterbacks in the NFL that I'm totally forgetting exist. And when I look at a list of all the quarterbacks, I'm going to be like, oh, how did I not remember this guy? I tell you who's not going to be up at the top of that list, Dak Prescott. My God, can we get a quarterback? Look, Cowboys fans, this you know I'm back. I'm back to quick kids where I was talking about NFL teams and GMs need to think outside the box. I would consider trading. I would consider trading Dak Prescott. Honestly, you know what? Let's save that for another show. I'm gonna have a whole show where I would go. <laughs> I'm going to have a show in the offseason where I would tell you what I would do in the draft, what I would do in free agency, and what I would do as far as trading. I'm going to have a whole scenario. I'm going to pretend to be a GM for a couple different teams. I'm probably going to be the GM of the Cowboys. I'll be the GM of the Raiders because why not? Because they hired Josh McDaniel, which is stupid to me. They should have got somebody else. They should have got somebody else. 
Anyway, I'm going to do that. And then I'm probably one other team. Oh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got the number one pick. I'm going to tell you exactly what I would do with Jacksonville. That's, that's going to be another show. Probably the first show after the Super Bowl is when I'll do that. Is when I'll, I'll put on those hats and I'll pretend to be the GM and I'll, I'll make some moves for the roster and we'll see what happens. That's my time, y'all. Appreciate y'all for coming through this week. Listen, man, numbers are up. Numbers are up. I appreciate y'all for listening, man. And if you listen, look, tell a friend. You know, tell a friend. Don't don't keep it to yourself. I understand what that's like. You always want to be like, I'm first. You want to podcast when it's still low, low key. You know, if I if I if I move on up to like Fox Sports Radio or something, <laughs> if I go big time, Hollywood. You could be like, I was there when it was still in the infant stage. But listen, share it. You know, let your friends know that you're listening to this guy who sometimes he'd be right, make you some money if you want to gamble. Look, gamble on the Super Bowl. What's the spread? I don't know. Bengals going, they're going to win. And they're going to win by a lot. Look, the number right now for me is like 18, 18 point win. (laughs) But that might go up to like 30. By next week, and then by the show next week, it'll go back down to like four. <laughs> Yo, yeah, man. So thanks. <laughs> I'm off in, in La La Land right now. Listen, thanks for coming by this week. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Listen, follow me on Instagram at the John Ferris. Again, 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 again. Numbers are up. Thank you so much. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the John Ferris. Um, interact, man. Send me a message. Send me whatever. Send me some posts, comment, like, subscribe. Uh, tell a friend about it. Go on your favorite podcast site. Listen, leave a review. Leave a review. Leave uh, some stars. I'm not gonna ask. Leave me five star review. Okay. Leave me. Tell. Leave me five stars and say this is the best sports podcast in the world. Do that because that. Alters algorithms It'll expose it to more people And then we can build up this community Alright Listen Enjoy yourselves Listen Cincinnati Y'all probably still raging Take it easy Pace yourselves Save it for after the Super Bowl Cause y'all gonna win Rams Stafford uh, Get ready to answer the questions Of how could this happen uh, And the rest of y'all Listen Enjoy yourselves I guess watch the Pro Bowl I guess we'll talk about it I don't know Listen, uh, this is the longest outro ever, but I'm leaving it all. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, man. I'll talk to you all next week. 